With the Denver Nuggets winning the championship, every team in the West that expects to contend next year is going to be thinking about how to combat them, just like every single championship team. So what do teams need in order to beat the Denver Nuggets? In particular, what do the Clippers need in order to beat the Denver Nuggets or contend against them? Going to be talking about that on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Viziri, going into my 19th season as a Clipper fan this fall. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod, born and raised in L.A. And subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more L.A. sports, L.A. Clipper, NBA history content. And Locked On Clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, including YouTube, where I want you to tell me which one of the three areas that I am going to talk about that I think you need to compete with the Denver Nuggets the best. Let me know which one you think is the most important and which one you think the Clippers need to go out and strengthen the most. And I actually, I'm actually curious to hear your guys' answer on that one. But this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the best way to get the best deals on last-minute tickets to every single one of your favorite events. But the three aspects of a team that I think you are going to need if you want to compete against Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, and this amazing Denver Nuggets team. Shout-out to them that won the championship. And as Clipper fans, we know better than anybody in the West or as well as anybody in the West, just how great this Denver Nuggets team is, how many ways they can carve you apart, and how they're, in fact, underrated defensively. But the three areas where I think you need to have, or the three things I think you need to have are multiple centers, big wings, and drop coverage killers. So let's just start with the multiple centers thing, right? It's funny because... The story really begins with us. In the 2020 bubble, we saw that when Ivica Zubac got in foul trouble, because look, this is the reality. When you have an all-time great post player with skill at seven feet tall like Jokic, there's nothing you can really do in a one-on-one sense. When you have an unstoppable one-on-one player, there's not much you can do one-on-one. Defensively, you're going to have to throw multiple bodies at them. Or let them try to go off and limit the others. You know, you have to make a choice. You have to pick your poison. You need, you know that inevitably your number one option might get in foul trouble guarding him. In the Clippers case, Ivica Zubats would start the game guarding him in the 2020 bubble series in that second round. When he came out of the game or got in foul trouble, we bought it, we brought in Montrez Harrell who was an undersized big that had destroyed teams in the regular season, but when it was time to guard an all-star level center, superstar center, at that time he was a superstar, not the best player in the world. 
He was just about becoming a superstar. And you couldn't guard him. Because 6'8 versus a skilled 7 feet, that's not going to end too well for the 6'8. So we needed to go out and get a secondary big. And that's why the Clippers went out and got Serge Ibaka. Now, in the case of Mason Plumlee and Ivica Zubats, that's not horrendous. You know, that's not horrendous. You look at the teams that the Nuggets played in this playoffs. The Minnesota Timberwolves had Nas Reed injured, but they have two centers in their starting lineup with Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. And granted, given their talent, the Minnesota Timberwolves lost in five games, the Miami Heat lost in five games, and the Lakers got swept. So the Wolves actually didn't have a terrible matchup against that Denver team. Now, the Suns, their backup big was either Bismack Biombo or Jock Landale. And, of course, they also had Chris Paul injured and a very, very poor, I, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say a poor team, but a team with poor depth is the best way I can phrase it. And, I mean, Jock Landale, Bismack Biombo, like, those guys are okay. I wonder how much worse Jock Landale is than Mason Plumley at this point. Probably, I mean, I, I would take Mason Plumley. If you disagree, let me know. But that's not a very strong, big tandem. And then you have, in the conference finals, the Lakers don't have a secondary big. They were running Rui Hachimura at the five or LeBron at the five. And then in the finals, Cody Zeller or Kevin Love were the best guys that Miami could go to. That's just, they didn't really play a team that had two quality, proper centers. And that's one thing I think you're going to need to contend with this Denver Nuggets team. You need a, two guys that are seven feet that whether you put them in help by guarding Aaron Gordon, getting ready to help on Jokic, or you put him on Jokic to absorb the blows because you can't guard him with somebody under seven feet. He's too tall or too strong, one or the other. That's what an all-time great center is like in the post. And that's one thing I love about Jokic is that he dominates in the post when he has smaller guys on him. He doesn't do that jump shot fadeaway stuff that you see guys like Embiid or Bam Adebayo or Anthony Davis do. He goes right to that block. Sometimes not even the block. He goes right to the middle of the paint. He's intelligent. He realizes how much spacing he has and that with his passing ability, he punishes you every time you double team or load up or sag off and the Nuggets do a really good job cutting. But the, you need multiple bigs against Nikola Jokic. I mean, that is an absolute must. That's how the game was when Shaq played. They were There were guys that, these, this doesn't mean they're bad basketball players, and I'm really big on history, right? This doesn't mean that they're bad basketball players, but there were certain guys in the NBA that were starting just because they were able to defend the post and rebound and be a big body for guys like Shaquille O'Neal, like Eric Dampier or Sagana Jop. You know, these guys were not very offensively skilled. Greg Ostertag, although I haven't watched enough of his film, to be honest, but that's just from what I've heard. These guys weren't that offensively skilled. They were there to take shots from Shaq and these brutes. And the game is different now. It's a more finesse game. It's a smaller game. It's a more, you know, up and down game. And Jokic, though, he is very strong. He's got that grown man strength, that seven foot. He's a big guy. I mean, he's a big guy seven footer and he's got that skill around the basket some amazing touch some of the best i've ever seen from a big or anyone honestly and he'll take advantage of those little guys so you need two bigs but coming up the next big thing big wings and that's one thing the miami heat didn't have something the clippers do have but do they need more of gonna be talking about that coming up before i do that i gotta tell you about game time 
Game time is the best place to get last minute tickets on your favorite events. Because and the reason why it's so great is because like buying tickets to your favorite events should not be so stressful. I've had my moments where I just didn't know what I was gonna do last minute and you know the prices went up and you just don't get great deals at the end sometimes. And game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, you name it. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, Create an account and redeem code locked on NBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Locked On's NBA mock draft special is here, and it's bigger than ever. Follow along the entire first round in a six episode ultimate mock draft experience only Locked On can deliver. Figure out who I took with the Clippers' 30th pick in the draft. All episodes are available now on Locked On NBA Big Board on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so let's go to the second category that I think you need in order to compete with this Denver Nuggets team, and that is Big Wings, something the Clippers happen to have in abundance. Kawhi Leonard is a big wing. Paul George is a big wing. Marcus Morris Sr. is a big wing. However, he should not be on the team next year. No disrespect. I just don't think he's that great anymore. Robert Covington is a big wing. Nico Batum is a big wing. Terrence Mann is not necessarily a big wing, but he's a wing. We have some guys, but we also have talked about that we need an upgrade at the four spot and getting one more big body like that, secondary rim protection, not saying he has to be at a great rim protector, but just a guy that when the big man is pulled out of the paint, you have someone else besides Kawhi or Paul George even that is able to contest shots at the rim because Marcus Morris, he doesn't really get off the ground like that anymore. So to have a guy like a John Collins or like a Jeremy Grant, someone like that on the weak side when Zubats gets pulled a little too far out of the paint would be fantastic. And then also somebody who can potentially punish mismatches. Because the reason why I'm saying you need that is for two reasons against Denver. One, if you want to have somebody guard Jokic and have your big man say Zubats in help, then you need a big enough body that he's just not turning right over and shooting it right away, where he's at least stalling him enough that the help defender can come over. You need a guy like like for the Lakers, they used Rui Hachimura pretty well in that role or LeBron pretty well in that role. You want a big wing that can absorb some hits from Jokic, not let him get to his spot or get to his shot too easily, too quickly, allows the help defender to come. So that's one reason. The second reason is Aaron Gordon and MPJ. MPJ beats you with his height in the sense that he shoots over you. Aaron Gordon is just a an absolute tank with great athleticism and bounce as we've seen in the dunk contests. And you saw with the Miami Heat, 
their big flaw was that they didn't have really any big wings. They added Kevin Love late in the season, and he started at the power forward spot, but he's not a wing. He is a big that came into the league in 2008 where there were traditional power forwards. That is kind of being phased out in a way. The thing about Kevin Love is he can stretch the floor, but he didn't play that many minutes as a result. So... The Heat with Caleb Martin, Jimmy Butler, these guys were getting bullied either on the glass or down low by Aaron Gordon, and it showed that they needed a bigger wing. Now, the Lakers, they had LeBron, they had Rui Hachimura, and Aaron Gordon struggled until the last game of the series, but you're going to need that because MPJ and Aaron Gordon just have size, both on the glass, down low, defensively. So you really need big wings. I think you need wings in general, multiple that can guard. If you have, you want to have any chance of winning the championship, but in particular against Denver, that has a six ten and a six nine starting in their front court alongside Jokic, and they're all very different. I mean, Jokic is the central cog, the conductor, the artist. MPJ is this extremely talented shooter, streaky scorer, but a guy that was able to contribute in other ways even when his shot wasn't falling, which was his biggest knock. And yes, by the way, it does hurt that we picked Jerome Robinson over Michael Porter Jr. because of his back issues and all that. And look, he's gone through a lot to get to the point where he's gotten to a starter on a championship team. It is a little bit uh, tough to stomach that we could have picked him and SGA. Who knows what we... what. MPJ would have turned into as a member of the Clippers, but we picked Jerome Robinson, who's not really in the league right now. All due respect. Uh, and that's disappointing. But back to the subject. MPJ can shoot over the top. He reinvented himself nicely this season in a, as a guy who did play well, even when his shot wasn't falling. And then Aaron Gordon guards the best player. Amazing in that dunker spot. He's a vertical threat. He's a good screener. And... He finishes well around the basket and was able to take advantage of smaller guys in the low post. And Jokic and Murray were making really good entry passes. But anyways, the Clippers have those. Maybe one more big wing that has a little more athleticism would be nice because Marcus Morris, Nico Batum, and Robert Covington are... Well, Robert Covington is great for this, but he doesn't play much, as we know. And then Nico Batum, Marcus Morris on the older side. So it'd be nice if we can get an injection of youth and athleticism at that position. But coming up, the last step to making the Nuggets job difficult on defense. Going to be talking about what that is and where the Clippers are in that regard coming up. All right. To close out the show, the last aspect I think you need in order to beat up on the, I shouldn't say beat up on the Nuggets, but have your best shot of beating them is our drop coverage killers and guys that can elevate at the basket. The thing about Jokic and Murray, they're not the two best defenders in the world. They're not very good defenders. They're good at best. They were able to be good enough in these playoffs, and I would argue that they were pretty solid. They were going to be attacked time and time again because KCP, Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, and who's and Michael Porter Jr., you would not rather attack those guys. You would much rather attack Murray and Jokic. They're probably the two weakest defenders of all those very solid defenders. But they stood up to the task, right? The thing is, Jokic can be exploited on defense more than he was in the playoffs. 
but you need two things. You need drop coverage killers. So like in the Heat series, for example, they played drop coverage. In the Lakers, they did the same thing because Jokic didn't want the defense behind him. He didn't want AD getting behind him for a lob. But AD's mid-range and little pop shot, little one-handed push shot, floater, was extremely inconsistent. LeBron James, he's, I mean, in the Miami days, he was more mid-range based, but nowadays he's very three and layup heavy. So he's not going to take that shot a lot, especially not off the bounce. He, if he's going to take the mid-range, a lot of times he catches the ball on the wing, isos, gets to that turnaround over his right shoulder that he likes a lot now, but he's not going to pull up much. So the Lakers and the Heat, they didn't really exploit that at all. The Suns, they tried to hedge a little bit more. The thing is they just had certain guys that couldn't shoot. So... While Devin Booker and Kevin Durant did a decent job, and you saw that that series went the furthest of any of the Nuggets played, their other guys, when Jokic hedged or came up higher to take away that initial shot from Booker and KD, they didn't have guys that made them pay. The best mix is you want a guy, you want guys that can hit the mid range so that Jokic gets punished and drop, and that can elevate at the rim because he doesn't elevate at the rim. So somebody with size, ideally, that can hit the mid range and elevate at the rim. Well, the Clippers actually do have that. We have Paul George and Kawhi who are drop coverage killers. So if you notice, against us, Jokic usually hedges. He doesn't drop much. He hedges and he does a pretty good job of preventing the ball handler, Kawhi or Paul George, to turn the corner. And then they'll have Aaron Gordon rotate on the zoo to just take away that immediate pass. So by the time that other pass is made to the wing, sometimes we'll get a, you know, a Catch and shoot three that's semi-contested. Rarely will we get an attack of the closeout, but a lot of times they'll recover in time because they have enough size. So we need, but with Russ, it looked a little bit different because he could elevate at the rim and challenge Jokic there. That's one thing that we haven't been able to do. So, and Norman Powell as well. So in terms of the drop coverage killers and then guys that can elevate at the rim, with Russ... We have both, in fact, of those. I think that's the area of the of the three that I think I'm the most comfortable with. Kawhi Leonard destroys drop coverage. That's not even like you can't. Drop coverage is meant to make guys take the mid-range shot because that's not a shot that's very practiced anymore. The lost art. Yeah, some guys still shoot it and they're very good at combating drop coverage, but it's you know a threes and layups league. That's what the analytics has led to. And a lot of guys' skill sets, even from a youth level, like for example, like I coach at the youth level, and a lot of kids these days do not shoot mid-range shots the same way I grew up shooting it even 15 years ago. The game has changed. And they see the NBA and they take, you know, the form of what they're watching. And we have, though, Kawhi Leonard, who's one of the best mid-range players in the NBA. So we kill drop coverage. The hedge has been problematic at times in the past. They don't, you know, Kawhi's not the quickest to turn in the corner anymore. He doesn't usually. Paul George is better but he's still, you know, we had a problem before Russ of not getting in the rim enough. That's part of why we don't do well enough on Jokic. But with Russ, that helps. Now, the question is, will he be back next season? I don't know. But ideally, you need drop coverage killers and guys that can attack the rim. That's why I think the Boston Celtics would have actually been the best matchup for the Nuggets because they would have really attacked Jokic at the rim. Um, but I don't think the Celtics would have won. I still think the Nuggets were better. But anyways, those are my three categories. I think you need multiple bigs to absorb some of the blows from Jokic because inevitably one might get in foul trouble. And then big wings, whether you're in help defense or just to guard Aaron Gordon or MPJ, you need size to match their size. And then drop coverage killers to try to take more advantage of Nikola Jokic's 
I mean, he's not as slow-footed as people think, but he is fairly slow-footed. I think Zubats is more agile than him. And he's a much better drop big, in my opinion. Better. I shouldn't say much better, but better. Jokic, though, I'd say he's better at hedging. And I think he's really good at using his body. And he has really good hands. Jokic has amazing hands. Zu, not so much. But anyway, that's it for me. I don't, know, I don't mean to compare Zu to Jokic, but I think Zu's a better defender. If you want to combat that, saying he won the championship as a starting center, I like to hear the argument because it's not crazy, but it's more about Jokic's offense that makes him so great. But Clippers are going to need to combat that with the things that I said. Let me know what you think. Let me know which area you think the Clippers are in need of most and what you think is the most important. I don't know. Just give me your thoughts. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more Clipper and LA sports content and NBA history content. And of course, Locked On Clippers, free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Hit the notification bell on YouTube to know every single time we post a video. The age old proverb continues Go Clippers.